Welcome to the Eyewitness Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Jo Wilson, and this is the show for women who struggled to accept their worth, but want to embrace their gifts and share their witness for Jesus. We have a great show today about healing from grief with my friend and fellow podcaster, Steph Cabanis. Stephanie Cabanis is a coach and author specializing in grief support for Christian women. She's the founder of grieftograatday.com and the host of the Grief to Great Day podcast. Experiencing indescribable pain and confusion after losing her best friend to cancer, she struggled to create a new life. Her passion is to support Christian women navigating the difficult grief journey too. She earned a master's degree in public health focusing on community grief support and served as the secretary for the Eastern Carolina End of Life Care Coalition. Welcome to the Eyewitness Podcast today, Steph. I'm so happy to learn more about you. I'm happy to be here. And you said the last name's so good. Oh, good. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you guys didn't hear this beforehand, but beforehand I'm I'm saying it over and over because I want to make sure that, you know, it's it's pronounced correctly. Um, it's so funny. So I'm so happy to have you today, especially talking about such an important, just an important topic. Uh grief yeah. is very difficult uh, for a lot of people, and it's so different in everyone. Everybody has a different way that they grieve and for different reasons. And, you know, sometimes grief can even strike us that, um, isn't what you would expect. It's, it's, or for reasons you wouldn't expect. Like a lot of times when you think of grief, you think of immediate loss of a loved one, death and things like that. But sometimes people really experience it, even going through the loss of a a, a major thing in their life, like their job or, or different things, you know? Um, but today, you know, you have such a wonderful ministry in the your podcast as well as your um just the grief to great day co like being a founder of that whole ministry alone so i can't wait to talk about a little bit more how that came about and how you know the the wonderful resources that you have um on your site i can't wait for the listeners to hear about that so um to, to start why don't we just why don't you just kind of tell me how you became a Christian, how, how, you know, what did that journey look like? Did you, you know, how did you meet Jesus? Did he take you through something difficult first or were you kind of always just had him in your life? Like, how did that start? How did, how did your faith journey start? I think that's what you said is a perfect way to put it. I always had him in my life, did not always have him as my life. And there's a big difference. So I, I grew up in the church. I had a very chaotic home growing up and I did grow up in the church. So that was kind of my first escape from the home. And I believed in God. I went to Sunday school. I knew a lot of the verses and I think I was a very good rule follower. So I had more religion than I did relationship, but I did not know that until I went through grief, (laughs) which is, which is, it's a stark reminder or it was for me and I didn't really grasp it, but I was like, well, where's the power? Why am I questioning so hard? Cause I was fighting God and that's, that's not relationship. It can be, but so I did start, you know, in the church very young and always, professed to be a Christian. And I do believe I was, but I didn't always make my decisions based on godly principles. Mm. Um, I went, you know, kind of, 
kind of like your latest diet. Sometimes I was all about God. Sometimes I wasn't. And it was more like, you know, waves of being close to him because, you know, of me being close to him. And then other times I wasn't and, you know, made poor decisions and couldn't really even see why they were poor decisions. So growing up, yeah, was in the church, called myself a Christian, but did not, did not have a real relationship with him until grief in my 40s. That, you know, I love that you said that and you're just so honest about that because it's very um, common, I feel like. I I feel like a lot of people, and how you even said, like, you didn't really know until something happened that really kind of shook it a little bit, like shook you you up. Um, Because I feel like, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are going through the motions and not seeing a problem with it you know, right. Not like being lukewarm. And I feel like that's, that's almost worse than not knowing him at all in a way. I completely agree. When I got it, I actually (laughs) created a t-shirt with me like spewing water. And then I put underneath it lukewarm because I realized it in myself. And it's, it's like sitting on the fence. There's, there's no power in that. There's no peace in that. There's no real hope in that. Yeah. What a good point. Absolutely. No real hope too. And, and and just, Absolutely. Because I always look at people like on either side of the spectrum, right? So there's, there's people like who you see that are almost so exposed, like a nerve that their life, like people who struggle with addiction and people who struggle with things like that, you know, um, they're so exposed and raw and vulnerable. And then whenever they, you see them accept Jesus into their life, they like, as, as vulnerable and as, as dark as their life was, that's how bright their life becomes. And that to me, it's always so inspiring to me to see people like struggling with things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why, you know, it's really powerful to be, to have that like passion, you know, because like you said, you know, it goes from going through the motions, having that religion and, you know, the initial, I mean, there has to be an initial hunger, right? That you're like, okay, I'm going to go do this. And and you believe, but then it doesn't do anything. It doesn't transform. And that's where, like you said, relationship comes in. Yeah. So what would you say your relationship looked like, uh, with Jesus after like once, you know, going through that, that difficult time, whenever grief struck you? Uh, I would say the first year was quite ugly <laughs> because <laughs> because I was fighting to have a relationship. What I saw in my friend Monica's journey in her illness, I was her caretaker, was very different than I had experienced my whole life. Mm. I, I mean, it was like God was right there with her. And I was like, man, like I knew that was something I didn't have. Mm. So the first year it was a lot of questions, the why, why, why. And I mean, it didn't just stop at the grief. It stopped at why the childhood, why the marriage fail, why the, what, all the whys. And yeah. And so that was my first year. There was a lot of anger towards God because I guess I didn't know where else to put it. And he used that. He used, I mean, that was still a lot of communication and probably more than I ever did, (laughs) but he used that to to build the relationship. So the first year was all about the whys. The second year was coming to a place of, 
all right, who are you going to be in my life? Are you going to be the God that I read in the Bible? Because I really did go after him, like with everything I had. And I've heard people say that. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but I learned what that meant. And it's, it's simple. No, it's not simple. It's easy, but it's not simple because it's consistency of being in the word mm. and seeking him and being in prayer. And I did not do that until grief. So the second year was still really hard, but I had to come to the place where I chose how God was going to be in my life. Was it going to continue to be the religion, like the following rules the being a little judgmental, or was it going to be something where he could shine a light through my life? Mm. And that's when I came. It took two years. <laughs> I knew everything slow, but it took two years <laughs> before I said, all right, God, you are who you say you are. I trust your character. I trust you. And I, you know, I thank you for what you have done in my life. You've gotten me through something I didn't think I would make it through. And that's, that's when things started changing. So that I would not beat yourself up about the two years because I feel like people, <laughs> you know, cause grief, it just doesn't know a time frame. I feel like, you You're know, exactly right. So yes. I, especially in those small moments, I feel like the small moments are really tough because the, or yeah. they seem small, right? The moments like yeah. when, you know, you're used to maybe calling her at a certain time and then right. you don't even think about that until yeah. it's not there, you know? So yeah. those, those times, so don't beat yourself up too much about the two years. But, um, but I love that you wrestled with him for such a long oh. time, oh. <laughs> you know, cause we hear, you know, sometimes you see people who have kind of made it made it through, um, something very difficult. And then those people usually, you know, your pain becomes your passion a lot of times. So those yeah. same people feel yeah. this call to help others going through it. And yeah. I think that that's just beautiful. Um, but sometimes even a lot of times people don't share like the gritty stuff. So I appreciate you sharing. Like, yeah. No, I was really <laughs> mad at him. <laughs> I yelled yeah. at him. I yelled at him for two yeah. years and he I did. used it. I did. Yeah. And he used it. I always say, um, I, I, my, my biggest thing that I'll, you know, send to, to say to anybody, really anybody that'll listen is, um, the only thing God just wants you. He just wants to talk yeah. to you. He just wants you talk to him. Like you would talk to anybody really. I mean, there's that reverent fear, but Right. He just wants your heart. He already knows your heart, but he wants you to be there. He wants that time with you. You don't have to be yeah. any certain way to go to him and talk to him. And, you know, you can be angry, but tell him about it. You know, yeah. you can be upset. Tell him, you know, that's what I always tell people. Like, tell, you know, just talk to him. Just talk to him. He's there for you. He knows your heart. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. He wants to be there for yeah. you. And so you know, I'm so happy that you did that, even though it was... In anger, I, th I feel like it's just so real and just so raw, yes. you know? I think it was the first time I was real because before I thought I had to like be a certain way or live a certain way before I could pray a certain way. And during that time, all that is stripped away. I mm. mean, you don't care. I didn't care. So I, I was as real as I had ever been. And that was transformational. Oh, that's so beautiful. Cause that's, I mean, that really just shows like how he says, you know, uh, you are a new creation, right? Yes, like how he yes. transforms your heart, you know? 
Um, I just think that's, that's really exciting. And that's just, I, I appreciate you sharing that a lot because I feel like a lot of the women that listen to this podcast right now are thinking that they're not good enough. They're not even good enough to pray and not good right. enough to talk to God. They have, they're waiting, they're waiting until they are good enough so that they're worthy enough to, to pray to him and even for Jesus that, and, and it just couldn't be farther from the truth, you know? Right. Right. Um, it, it just really couldn't. And I just, uh, I hope that that really resonates with them. So I appreciate you saying that. So what did it look like after? So once you were kind of transforming now, right? Like, so you're building this relationship, Yeah. you know, Monica's sick. You know what I love too, is that in Monica, I feel like maybe she, you know, she was, she was like a guiding light for you, you know, yeah. like in that whole transformation, like, what was that like her face, especially like if she's the one at her end of life, right. Having all this faith. I mean, what was that like to even witness that? It was probably the most awful and awesome time of my life. I mean, it was awful to see her struggle with you know, dealing with cancer and the signs and the symptoms around that. But what I saw, she had, she believed she had been healed and that was it. So there was no other question. And, you know, in the moment I was like, oh my gosh, because I was still a little more, you know, I, I understood God could heal. I was like, but does he in modern times, you know, yeah. but what I saw was, and I mean, she believed for physical healing, but what I saw was incredible healing in every other aspect of her life because of her relationship. So when she was sick and she was literally, you know, at a certain point immobile, um, she still talked to Jesus like he was right there. Mm. And every I had to keep a journal because she had been healed and we were going to go to churches. She had a music ministry that I was a part of. I was like the detail girl in the background. So she had a CD created and she said, you know, this is such, such a bigger thing than a music ministry. It's showing people that God still heals physically in modern times. And I, you know, I was all into her hope and her faith for a while, you know, praying that, yes, she is going to be healed, of course, but then also praying that he takes her because it was really hard to watch. Mm. Um, so watching her example in the worst time of her entire life to be as close to God as she was, it, it blew my mind like in the moment, but I didn't get it until later. And it showed me, it showed me that we are earthly vessels and that there, there's a greater purpose. And I'm saying this out of, you know, 12 years removed in the moment, I didn't feel or see that, but I did I did, you know, do the Bible studies with her. We, we did the praying. I mean, it was constant and it was beautiful. So her example was something that really planted a seed mm. for me for after when she died, because I don't know, I don't know if I hadn't had that, what it would have looked like, because I believe for a lot of people, grief is a crossroads in mm. their life and they're going to really get closer to God, embrace their faith, or they're going to turn away from it because of the hurt, the pain, the not understanding and the not healing from it. So uh, her example was 
incredible to my life. And it's, it's kind of funny because now I have a ministry around that, which, you know, that's only God. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. It's amazing how he'll, he'll just, and he probably was poking at you for a while too, before you really like kind of went, you know, cause that's how he'll do (laughs) <laughs> yeah. When we were, we did um, 12 days in the hospice house and, you know, it's probably six or seven days in and I, you know, I just was looking at her in the bed and I'm like, I'm going to, and this was a promise to God, not to Monica. I was, I was like, I'm going to write a story about her faith. So I thought, cause I always like to plan and figure things out. I thought that, you know, ministry wise, it was either going to be around health because of my background or it was going to be around her story, her faith journey, because it'll change your life. I mean, if you grab a hold of what she had, it'll mm-hmm. change your life. So I, it, it took me a long time, seven, eight years, maybe longer to actually finish the book that started in the hospice house. I told you I do everything slow. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You know, the longer it marinates, the better it That's is. Right. You know? That's right. Um, that's that's beautiful. That really is, and I love that she had such a uh, wonderful impact on you. That all and yeah. and and through you, even you know her her life and her spirit and her memory is yeah. um, there. It's like live and it's still bright and it still yeah. shines. You know, and especially in the the women that you coach and then the uh, women that you help as well. So I I love that. I love that. Yeah, to that, I mean, to that point, I've had people, you know, and I so appreciate the emails I get from women who are going through and hearing their stories. Everybody, everybody has such an important story to share. And, you know, some people have read the book and they'll say, yeah, when Mo did this and I'm like, what? (laughs) It's weird because like we're friends with Mo and she's not even here. It's very cool. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. Is that what you called her for short? Yeah, I'm sorry. I should have said that. Yeah, no, that's okay. That's okay. I love yeah. it. I, I figured because you, you know, writing about her and, and things like that. Yeah. I love that. Oh, that's, that's just beautiful. It really is. And I love that she's just, you know, so vibrant and your life yeah. still, you know, yeah. even, even not physically being here. Um, and you know that she is healed, you know, now. Yes. yes. Um, <clears throat> that's just wonderful. I love it. So when you, so it took about, you would say like two years or so, you know, you're kind of wrestling with God and you're yeah. going through this. So at that kind at that time, about two years afterward, was there like a, a turning point? Was there something that you were like, you know what, I have to, to get this started. Like what made you want to start the grief to great day? And explain a little bit about that background too. So the listeners can hear that because that that's really sweet how that name specifically came about. Okay. So right after, you know, we were in a hospice house for 12 days and right after she died. So she died in September and then in February, they had a fundraiser at the hospice house and they said, will you come and speak? And I'm like, no, are you crazy? No, immediately. (laughs) No way. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like, and in my mind, I'm like, y'all are so rude to ask me. I just, you know, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, right, right. But then when I hung up the phone, I was like, oh man, I'm supposed to do this. I didn't want to do it. I did not want to do it. But I, I called the girl back. I said, yes, I will speak. And I spoke and it was hard and I was just, I was crying. And, mm. but it was also good because the hospice house had a special meaning for us those 12 days. And it was like a glimpse when I was done. I was like, whoa, 
there's something here. Mm. But then I kind of shut it down. Like, oh, I don't want to do this. So two years into it, I am finally, finally feeling that I'm getting some healing from this. And then you just go on with daily life. And I'm just thrilled that I can make it through the day and not hurt so bad. Mm. So that was like victory. And, you know, kind of got involved in work. I was finishing my, my public health degree and working and, you know, just doing life, but in a, in a changed way, everything looked different. And I, I knew that. So I would dabble, like write the book and then stop because it was too hard and then write the book. And I always knew that there was something there. I did. And it was probably when I started dating my husband, um, I told him about it and he's like, well, why don't you write the book? I'm like, oh, I've been writing the book. So, I mean, <laughs> almost a decade. And he's like, well, you know, tell me. So I finished writing the book with his support, which is always such a blessing. And what took so many years to start and stop, start and stop, I finished in a month. Wow. Month. Yeah. And I knew I was supposed to do something. I didn't know how my hands were going to be put to that work, but I was... I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts and ideas. I can be creative. And I really thought my ministry, because I believed I was supposed to have a ministry, I thought it was going to be about health and chronic disease prevention. That was my thing. And, you know, working through, I don't, talking about the book and my husband read the book. And so he got details that he had never known before because they had never met. And he's like, wow. And then and I'll back up when right after she died, I was working in the hospital. I was doing health education, mm. trying to tell people, you know, you don't need to smoke in the hardest moments of their lives. And a lot of a lot of times grief would come up, not before she died, but it seemed like these doors were being opened about grief and about faith and about like, why does God do this? I mean, just all the things that I had never experienced in the hospital before were like coming and coming. And so my husband and I talked about, you know, doing a health ministry and having grief on the side. <laughs> so when it was time to like come up with all the stuff for the website, I was like, Oh no. <laughs> he's like, what? I said, man, I'm supposed to be doing grief. And he's like, what? I said, I know I don't want to be the grief girl. And he's, <laughs> but but what came to my mind was, he's like, well, what would you call? So we're just talking about all those things. And I said, I really, I feel strongly that I'm supposed to do grief. And I don't really want to do grief. I want to do health, but I'm supposed to do grief. So we were talking about names and everything. I was like, well, grief to great day. And he's like, that's it. That's it. He said, great Aww. day. And, and the reason for the great day is every day. Every day through Monica's um, journey, you know, we kept the, she asked me to write in a journal because we were going to go to churches and tell about how God still heals. Every day I had to write something in the journal. Now she didn't see what I wrote, but there had to be the best part of your day. It was called a B-pod. And so we had to write down what was the best part of the day. And I'm like, nothing, there's nothing good about this day, but mm. she always saw something good. So I wrote down whatever she said, because I had nothing. And then every night she'd finish with, we had a great day, didn't we? And, you know, in my mind, I'm saying, heck no, we did not have a great day. Cause I mean, I could go into details about the physicality of her sickness, but she didn't see any of that. And so every day she had a great day. And one day I was, I don't know, a little 
frustrated because I guess I wanted to see what she saw, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, tell me what it is you see. And she said, oh, we have love of all these great friends. We have doctors who come to visit me. I get to tell people about Jesus. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's like so now. So apparent. And you're like, no, it's not a right, great day. Right. Okay. You are sick. And I want you to be better. Right. Right. So grief to great day it is. And I've had people say, you know, you throw out like, oh, grief to great day. Like it's not a big deal. No, it's, it's a huge deal. It's, it's a very big deal. But the point is you can get to have a great day again. You can. It happens because of God. So, and I've had other people say, well, why is your ministry just for Christian women? I said, because I don't know how to do it without God. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good answer. Yeah. It really is because it's, it's like, you know, he's the only way that I can transform. I mean, it's, it's just that simple. You know, that's a good answer. (laughs) I might start saying that too, because I don't know. I mean, that's the only way I know how to do anything too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I love that so much. I I just love her positivity in that and which, you know, I mean, that's Jesus, you know, like that has to be, it's, that's what I said. I was like, that has to be God flowing through her, you know, and, and just, and God love her for being so open to it and so submissive to it. You know, that's like the hardest thing. Yes. Is to submit, to let him yes. come in and, and work through you and through your heart to, to touch other people, you know? Yeah. So man, oh man, she is so awesome. Yeah. She, she really <laughs> and so was. so is he. <laughs> yes. Oh, still. Yes. Every yes. day. <laughs> oh, that's so great. I love that. Um, With your book and everything too. I just think it's so important to, to mention that, how like you didn't, especially with like the health ministry that resonates with me personally too, cause I'm a nurse, you know, yeah. uh, and, and about four years ago, um, you know, I'm like studying and things like that. And he kind of plucked me out of, out of the, the mindset. I've always loved to help people. I've always loved to be there for people. Um, especially a lot of the patients I took care of, I, I was telling you before this too, were, yeah. um, very sick, very, very sick. And I was actually honored to be at their bedside for times like that. How you said, sometimes patients weren't even well enough to go to an outside hospice facility. And, um, we would have to have like in, in patient hospice, you know, yeah. and, um, it was very, I, I feel like it was a blessing to be there in that moment yes. for them um, and their family too. But and so I thought the, the health, you know, health for sure, like there would be, but I feel like, you know, he, he plucked me out and said, no, you're going to, you're going to get into writing again and you're <laughs> going to write. And I started out being a nonfiction, you know, writing a lot of nonfiction um, kind of things like help, you know, and things like that. But he said, no, I want you to write stories to broken women about it to help comfort and and guide women that struggle with brokenness feeling not good enough feeling not worthy and um it's just so funny like how you know like how you said you really didn't want to no but you did it anyway <laughs> <I> did it <laughs> which is like so hard because you it's takes it so much submission because in the world the world will have you think and support you in that if you wanted to to keep it to the public health because what's wrong with that there's nothing wrong with right. that i think that that's right. great I, I that's a positive thing people would look at that and be like oh that's wonderful and you had a lot to offer but you would feel you wouldn't feel right in your heart if you did that no i think it wouldn't be fulfilling right 
Exactly. And he, you know, and he's just working and interweaving such a wonderful thing inside you into your personal healing, but also encouraging other people too, which is fantastic. And it took me a year into the ministry to say, oh, I'm not the grief girl. I'm the hope girl. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I thought if I could get because <laughs> I was I was a hot mess. And I, I say that kind of laughing, but that's just that inappropriate laugh when things are like heavier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To talk about. But like I'd be in the corner just in a ball crying. And I'm like, if if God, you can do this to me. Wow. For sure. I warned you, Kelly. I warned you I'd cry. <laughs> No worries. Trust me. Trust me. You are welcome to cry here. I cry too. Thank you. It's gratitude. It is for sure. A hundred percent. It's, it's very transforming. You know, I I actually have to, like you said, how you like laugh when things are like getting intense. Yeah. Every time, like I'll be praying or something, especially with church, with the singing, I cannot get through a song. I just can't. I cry so much (laughs) that I'm like, I'm sorry. I mean, it's like a mess, you know? I don't yes. like blow my nose. I'll be like praying. I'm like, God, you know, I'm a mess. Okay. So trust me, I get it. And it's just beautiful and it's so real and it's just so raw and it's just yeah. refreshing, you know? Um, so yeah. you, you feel whatever you got to feel and whatever you feel you're, <laughs> you're in a safe space here, Steph. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I just think it's so great. So why don't you, um, why don't you tell me and tell the listeners a little bit about the uh, like grief to great day, like the mission of grief to great day, like about your website, about some of the resources that you have there. Uh, and then we can even talk about the book too. I definitely want them to okay. hear about the book. Um, on the website, there is uh, different things. I love to share the Facebook group that we have. It's called the grief group for Christian women. It's a private Facebook group. And what I have found is that when you have, and there's like over 200 members and they are hurting they are, you know, they are walking through grief, all different kinds of grief, and they hurt, but they also have a faith that's inspiring. Mm. So it's wonderful for, you know, new people to come in and be loved on by them. I have been administrator for another grief group I was asked to do, and it was not for Christians. Mm. And the difference, the difference is night and day. Literally, there's a lot of darkness out there, and especially when you're going into grief you can go some some pretty bad roads. So I love that resource for people. So it's a private Facebook group. I do also have the book. Um, it's called Dying to be Healed because she was, I mean, it's kind of a play on words. She was dying to be healed, but she was also dying mm-hmm. to be healed. It's that comma thing with the writers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I also have um, a workshop that's available and it talks about, it's really geared for people in the first or second year of grief. I, I feel like we've done a disservice with grief because, you know, work says you have three days. That's that's your time off. And then you come back and life is as it was supposed to be. And it's not. It's completely flipped upside down. And so after a month, after six months, people are like, what's wrong with me? Why Why is it still this hard? Because that's what grief is. It's hard and it takes a long time. If you want true healing, you have to walk through it and that will take time. And so it's very frustrating. So I, I geared the workshop around the first two years of grief to four things, four things to do. Pursue God. That is first and foremost. 
then understand understand grief what are you going through if you don't understand what you're going through you may feel like you're going crazy because grief makes you feel that way but it's grief you're not crazy so then um also to seek out resources and help so seek support and those there's four things that you really should do in the beginning that if there's a lot of information out there and maybe when i was going through grief there wasn't enough and now there's just so much it's hard to discern what's going to be helpful for true healing. So this just focuses on four things to do with God at the forefront to help you walk through the first two years of grief. Um, We're creating a summit now that will be in November. It's going to be a one day summit and it summits are a lot of times about, you know, learning things. and, And I do want people to understand what grief is, but I also want them to be inspired and I want them to hear stories of hope from other people to know that they too can make it through because, and, and you mentioned it, you, you said that, you know, it's the little moments that, that are really the hardest and we discount them because we just want to get to where we're going to be healed. And in those moments, that's where you really, nobody sees it. I mean, it's not like a movie. There's no music behind it. It's, it's the grit. It's the everyday getting through, having to get through feeling like, Groundhog Day, that movie, like every day is the same. Every day is the same. And it's going to be that way for a while. So I don't know if I answered all of your questions. <laughs> I went no, off yeah, on a little tangent. Sure. Sorry. No, absolutely. I love it. Yeah. No, I just wanted you to explain a little bit more about your, um, about the resources and the, on your website and about the book too. And I think that yeah. that's fantastic. I, you know, you touch on so many wonderful points about, grief itself. So I really hope that people, um, go to it, go to the Facebook group. Um, because you know, it's, it's one thing to experience grief, you know, people, a lot of people can experience that, you know, it can happen in our lives. Um, but true healing from it is a little different. Um, because, you know, walking with it, cause you're never, it's, it's a different kind of healing because, you know, like, People will say that time heals all wounds, but it really doesn't. Time doesn't That's actually so do the healing. You know, it right. just takes you. Right. I used to say my, my sister, my oldest sister passed away. Um, oh, I'm sorry. It's like 17 years ago. Yes. It was, she was 31 years old. It was very, mm-hmm. very difficult. Um, I was close with her. We were eight years apart, but we were still like, it's so close. She used to pretend I was like her baby doll and like things <laughs> like that. And, um, you know, and it just never goes away. It just doesn't. You just feel it. You learn to live with that piece of you gone. Right. You just kind of time takes you farther from it so that it's not as raw, but like the healing is really transformative. And that's, you know, what Jesus really helps with. And it does help to be among people who have been where you're at, maybe not everybody's journey is different. Even if it's the loss of a loved one, like say, you know, a parent loses a child and then another parent who lost a child, it's still your own unique journey in this life. Right. So they can, you know, but that's so important to have that fellowship among people who really know, like you said, that grit, that moment where you're at home and you're not 
hearing their voice walk in the house or you're, or you're, you know, not able to give them a call. You're not getting a text. You're not, you know, those kind of things. Those are like the, the smaller moments, even to be honest with you and not, and this isn't by no way comparison, but this is an example of grief. I was just telling my mom this the other day, our dog passed away. Okay. Um, last year we have, or no, not last year. Was it last year? Yes. I think. Cause we got another pup like immediately. Cause I can't take the silence in the house, <laughs> but just speaking about those little moments, yes. I used to give her a piece of like Turkey or lunch meat every time I would make a sandwich. And I didn't even realize, like, it was just like, I always did it. So when I went to make a sandwich, she wasn't there. And it was like, I ran out of the house. Like my husband was outside. I, I like ran out of the house bawling, you know, we, we could be friends. Yes. I mean, <laughs> we are friends. Kind of, now don't get me <laughs> yeah. wrong. I mean, dogs. Oh my goodness. That I feel like we oh, don't deserve so dogs. Sweet. They're just the best. Right. But, yeah. and that was my pet, let alone my best friend, you know, yeah. like it, it, it's, it's one of those, it's it just those little moments get you, you know, and you yes. don't even know when it's coming. So I love right. that you have resources to help people to prepare for that to at yeah. least understand it, just know it's happening. Um, and you're and not crazy. It. Yeah. Acknowledge right. it. Right. And that you're yeah. not crazy. There is no time yeah. frame where you're supposed to be no. healed or supposed no. to be anything, you know? No. Um, it's, it's very, um, it's, it's very, very individual. Unique. Yeah. Individual. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. And even the stages of grief, you know, Kubler-Ross stages of grief that everybody seems to look at when they're going through grief. Oh, I'm in anger now. I'm in, that was a different kind of framework for a different kind of time. And it really doesn't hold true now. I mean, it's more of an individual process and a pathway for people to navigate. And you have to choose whether or not you're going to do it with God or without. And I do think that's a choice. I think that's a choice you have to make. And the journey itself, it's no... I want to say this correctly. It is no less hard, but you are full of hope. And mm. that makes you okay to go through another day. That makes it bearable to say, I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep pushing because God's ways are higher than mine. And to believe that, not just to say the verse, but to believe it and say, I have to rest in that, even when you don't want to. Oh yeah, for sure. But in that word rest, I feel like is very, um, true, powerful because it's, you can feel like you're not resting, that you're just busy with so much pain that it's just all the time and it's no relief, you know? Right. Um, Right. And, and that is, yes, you can certainly rest in Jesus. He tells us to, you know, yep. come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. And I mean, that verse alone has always like gotten me. Yes. I love it so much. I love that you have these resources in your book. Um, and I love the name of the book too. And the name of the podcast, I think it's fantastic. I definitely will put links to all of that in the show notes. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Of course. Now you, I usually ask the guests this, um, and I'm curious, uh, for you too, was there a verse, a Bible verse that you really, that really resonated with you, uh, when you were going on this journey to, um, that, you know, in this transformation, especially when you're like feeling angry at God 
and probably not even wanting to read the Bible that much. And, oh, you know, no. <laughs> they're like, what no. are you doing? You know, so was there any, exactly. was there any verse? Cause I feel like his word takes us on a little bit of journey itself. Like you don't even realize until he, he tugs at your heartstrings and he, he kind of pulls yeah. you to something in, in particular. Was there a verse for you? Yeah. There, so with Monica's music ministry, we had Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, mm-hmm. and that's like you know, for you know, for I know the plans I have for you. Like yeah, 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 yeah. But when the rubber meets the road, <laughs> I was like Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. That's crap. <laughs> <laughs> so that was me and Greg, yeah, yeah. right? So You're like so mad, like so, wow, <laughs> right, right. I don't like this but future. I <laughs> Oh, I don't, I don't even know that I have a future at that point. You know, it just, it felt like that, but this, yes, there was definitely a verse and it was Matthew 6, 33. Mm. And all I could feel was seek ye first, seek ye first. That's, that's it. That those three words from that verse was like, that's what I was supposed to do. I didn't know what that really meant, but that's what I had. That's what God gave me for that season was seek ye first. And I was like, well, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. (laughs) I'll do it. Yeah. Oh, that is a good one too. See, uh, and especially because he's not, he was taking you to that so that he could be your strength. Maybe not to like assume what he was doing because I'm, you know, but it's just amazing. Like how you said, I didn't even know what it meant, but he's taking me as long as I'm seeking him first, I'm going to get through the day. Um, there was a, a, another friend of mine, Lisa Apollo. Um, I had actually mentioned her to you. She, when yeah. she, when I talked to her, um, and she talked about the grief of losing her husband, she said that she, every day she would go to him and she had enough to get through. And I'm like paraphrasing here, you know, but she would have enough to get through that day. You know, like she had to, she like, she craved it. She would go in her van by herself and sit there and just do whatever she could get through the day, you know? And I I feel like with you saying like, seek him first, um, that's also being so submissive to him to, to trust him to guide you through that day. You know, I just, it's, it's just amazing. It's a wonderful transformation. And you're funny about Jeremiah yeah, too. <laughs> Everybody loves that. But then after, afterward, you're like, yeah. oh, I get it with Jeremiah. Yeah, that's yes. cool. Yeah, I'm back on board I'm with it. It's not board. crap. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I didn't want to hear it. You know, I didn't want to hear it. I did. Which is funny, you know, because I feel like that happens a lot, especially among Christians. You know, when we have, because we all have this beautiful relationship or this beautiful power in Jesus, right? But I feel like sometimes, we know, you know, once you know he can transform and once you know he has this hope, you yeah. want to share it so much. So bad. You want to give it to Absolutely. people. Absolutely. You yes. want to give it away. Yes. You want to give it to people. Yeah. But I feel like sometimes it's also good to to remember that people's journey isn't where your journey is. They're not in the same place sometimes because, right. you know, so so having that like heart of just listening and maybe holding out from giving a verse or, or just being there in presence, not necessarily in that, like teaching yet is, is sometimes good too. Because like you said, like with the verse, you know, sometimes there's things 
do you ever feel like that? Like that you'll go through this and then people will be like, yeah. oh, you just got to pray about it. Or, oh, you just got, you know, Ooh, yeah. it, it hurts oh, yeah. almost to hear it. It's, yeah, it's worse. Yeah, it's almost, almost yeah, worse because exactly. you're like, I am. Yeah. I, I don't even know if I can pray. I'm hurt so much. I don't know right. what to do. So right. I, I feel like as Christians too, encouraging one another that we should always remember like people's journeys are different. And sometimes God calls yeah. us to just be an ear, you know, just to be yeah. there. And just, I mean, Jesus was very practical in his help. He fed people and then, you know, shared. Yeah the word. So I, I think in those moments, especially in that first year, and I did have people come up to me because they knew I was a Christian and they would give me all these verses and highlighted things. And I'm like, I, this helps me not at all. <laughs> this doesn't get me through the, I mean, cause you know, then it becomes something else I'm supposed to do. And I can't even like, oh, yeah. I have to make my non-negotiable taking a shower every day. Don't, don't like pile on this religious stuff. And it's, it's not meant that way. And I know yeah. that I know it's meant to be helpful, but in those moments, yeah, I think just the listening ear, you know, a hand around the shoulder crying with your friend, that's, that's gift. Right oh there. yeah. That's healing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, you know, it's funny, like even saying like crying with a friend, it makes me think about how you said like Jesus is practical when Lazarus, um, passed away. Jesus knew all that. He knew what that whole purpose, <laughs> he knew the whole thing, but he yeah. wept with them, mm -hmm. you know, like yep. he, you yes. know, so even just, just having that, it, it just, that's amazing. I'm pretty sure that's when, it, when Lazarus passed, right? I don't want to misquote that. I'm going to have to <laughs> I'll put it in the show. I think we have the same Bible yes, because yes. I think so. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't want to mess it up. But when he wept though, you know, yeah. for him to weep, yeah. um, it just, you know, how comforting is that, you know, to, to know right. that he, he hurts too. Um, right. I will put the resources at, like I said, in the show notes. Um, and is there any last before we go, cause we're almost at time. Is there any last takeaway that you would want to give to the woman listening to this that is struggling with grief and really struggling, you know, especially, you know, maybe being in that first year, um, like you said, yeah. is a very difficult time, like right afterward. Anything that you would want to say? Like, what's one thing you might want to have her take away? I, I probably would have had two things, and you shared one of them already. Time does not heal all wounds. It it does not. It's what you do with the time. But on the flip side, it's going to take a lot of time. So I call it grief grace. Hmm. So have a lot of grief grace with yourself. I feel like we really put on a lot of pressure on ourselves to do things and we feel like we're supposed to keep doing life in grief, but we're really supposed to work through the grief and let God take care of life. So give yourself a lot of grief grace and know that it's not always going to be like it is today. Today is not your forever. Oh, that's wonderful. I love that grief grace. Oh my yeah. gosh. How powerful was that? Because grace itself. Especially for women. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, for sure. <laughs> like you said, my non-negotiable get in a shower. That's how yeah. that is uh, because women, uh, we're just busy. We just do a lot. We yes. are always thinking about things. We are always thinking about how we can take care of people in our lives. Right. Who needs this? Who needs what? I got to go do this. You know, it's very busy. There's that busyness, yes. you know, and we really don't ask for help a lot because we feel like we're not good enough if we have to. So exactly. I love that you said too to get support um, earlier when you yeah. were talking about the resources, because it just, mm -hmm. it's not a sign of weakness. It's more so no. even a sign of strength to say, Hey, 
exactly. I need to give it up. Okay. Because this is yep. hard and I don't want to be, I want to be what, what God wants me to be. I want to be able to get through this. I want to heal. Um, right. You know, it's not a bad thing to ask for help too. So yes. wonderful. Thank you so much, Steph. Honestly, I can't. Thank you, Kelly. This has just been so nice. I, I, I love yes. chatting with you. Um, and I just am so happy to, to know that your ministry is out there and that you have such you. beautiful, wonderful resources for people going through such a difficult time. Um, so yes, absolutely. Now, is there any like last words you want to say before we head out today? Have a great day. Have a great day. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. It is a great day. (laughs) B-Pod. I love that. (laughs) B-Pod, yes. (laughs) Yes. Well, wonderful. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Seth. I hope you enjoyed today's show. You'll find links to what we discussed in the show notes on your favorite podcast app or the blog version of this episode on kellyjoewilson.com forward slash podcast. If you struggle to spend time with God, due to anxiety, distraction, or just going through a difficult time. I have a resource for you. The Stillness Prayer Journal combines cognitive behavioral therapy techniques with Christian-based encouragement in a simple, thoughtful way, so you're not overwhelmed. It's a printable journal with over 100 customizable pages to build your relationship with God in your own unique way. Go to kellyjoewilson.com forward slash stillness. And right now you can get a 50% discount. I'm so grateful for this time with you and thank you for listening.